Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Alright guys, welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast everybody, episode 197, I'm your host Rick Shields, here with co-host Guy, we've got a lot to cover, I'm pumped full of coffee, you're pumped full of prime, Yes, it's going to be a good podcast. It's going to go one of two ways, it's either going to be a great podcast or near the toilet halfway through. <laughs> also, I feel like my voice is going a little bit today. Really? It, just nice. It might have this little husky kind of tone to it. There's going to be a lot of people driving the car with it uninterested partner in the passenger seat and then you hear your voice and go, Who, who's that guy again? <laughs> it's Rick Shields. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome everybody to the late night episode. Um, we've got a lot to cover. We have. Where should we start? We should start with the fact that the rumours are true. The live podcast is happening somewhat soon to celebrate 200 episodes and celebrate the podcast being alive for four years. Alive. Alive. <laughs> it was born four years ago almost. It was November. So the it, was, live- it was an awkward night Nine months before that. It was a very awkward <laughs> night, nine months before that. But yeah, we're not going to just touch on, literally today or tomorrow, I'm actually going to book it, book it, which okay. I actually booked in and we can start doing the tickets, etc. But the good news is it's happening. And Definitely. It, it will be limited tickets. We, it, it's not, we're not doing it at a theatre this time. Around about 275 tickets. Ish, yeah. So it's going to be kind of like small but busy. Okay. And the tickets aren't going to be stupidly priced. They'll only be 15 grand ticket. That's or VIP right. 25 are... grand. It's a quite good one. It get <laughs> really chilled good. cans of prime, waitresses, waitress, etc. So get a handshake off guy. Correct. 50 quid off Rick. So it'll be a good day. No, but it's happening. It's going to be in October, middle of October again. Probably next week, this time next week, we will be giving all the details about it, but it'll be a good, good night. Hopefully selling tickets. Hmm. Oh yeah, we should week. be. Hopefully. Don't see so why not. Stay tuned for that. Um, and like Guy said, it won't be it won't be expensive. It'll be very, very reasonable. Um, hopefully everybody can attend. Yes. Who well, can make it? Um today is a quite a, an action-packed uh, podcast. And obviously there was massive, massive uh, news in the world of golf yesterday with Bryson DeChambeau shooting a 58, which we're gonna come on to in a lot more depth because I think that round of golf might have solidified live golf in the world of golf as we know it. I think it was huge for Live Golf. It was an important round of golf. It was a very, very important round of golf. And he was only four shots off. I think he's only four shots off 54 million pounds as well, or dollars. So do you ever remember the very, very, very first Live tournament that Mm -hmm. happened at Centurion last year? Yeah. And when the prize giving was being announced, they mentioned that if anybody shoots 54, which is technically the, perfect around the golf, 18 under par on a par 72, but this would have been a, a 54 on a 70. 
that they would have won $54 million, pounds, whatever. Um, are we coming on to that now or are we coming on to that later? I think we wait for that because uh, more importantly than, than Bryce DeChambeau winning his first live title and shooting a 58 and setting records, et cetera, et cetera, you are looking at me proud as punch <laughs> with a trophy, um, well, not with a trophy, a paperweight, a glorified paperweight. <laughs> the second version of this paperweight. Okay, so you have won. Tell tell everybody what it is. You say win. Um, <laughs> Partake. We shot a 55. Wow. So you can take your 58 Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah. And your four million quid. And we, as a team, granted, featuring Darren Clark. Nice. <laughs> Gray moves off plus two and another Rick that was off 18 and me playing off scratch. So two Ricks off 18 in one group. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we shot... 17 under par gross. Wow. And came second. <laughs> Let's see the trophy. So this is it. Second version. Um, this is funny now. There's three trophies on the back of this um, shelf behind me. Mm -hmm. There's the other version of this that I won. I came second last year with John Daly. Yeah. Okay. This trophy here, the JP trophy, which I won when I was playing my mates to correct to celebrate the life of a friend of ours, Johnny Pierce, who unfortunately passed away. And then this one, second place at JCB Championship, playing with Darren Clark in the scramble. Darren Clark? Darren Clark. <laughs> Is it Clark? Sorry, Darren Clark. <laughs> None of them yep. were filmed. And and you're holding one, you're qualifying? <laughs> that wasn't filmed. Right. So we've got either two things here. These are, these are our two scenarios. Number one scenario, I play really, really, really good when I'm not being filmed. Okay. Number two scenario, I cheat like crazy when not being filmed. Number two, number two, number two, number two. <laughs> also, on this. Oh, let's so see. This is a wedge. Oh, wow. A Callaway wedge, which has been. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. JCBFI. It really has been JCBFI'd. Wowzers. So, wow. And this is another thing you might not believe. I won the longest drive. Wow. So I was winning the nearest pin on the ninth. I did. I played after, after our little heart to heart last week. Yes. I felt like that really helped me last week. <laughs> Good. I felt like really, really helped me kind of get a, thing, a lot of things off my chest. I had a lovely, a lot of lovely messages from you guys, the fans, followers. I've had so much um, advice around fitness, health, what I need to do in my golf swing, you know, quite complicated, but very much appreciated. Mm -hmm. I went to the JCB championship to play in the pro-am last Wednesday. I'm not going to lie to you guy. I honestly thought I was going to make an absolute fool of myself. Okay. I've not been playing well. Yeah. I was playing with Darren Clark. Unfortunately for the second year in a row, filming was not permitted. Man. By the um, instructions of the professional in the group, the top okay. professional in the group. Last year it was John Daly. This year it was Darren Clark. From what I heard through the grapevine, mm -hmm. John Daly got into the ear of Darren Clark just the night before the pro-am. And I got a message saying Darren can't film tomorrow, which was a bit frustrating. Um, however, just on a side note, I'm actually best friends now with John Daly too. Well, can we come on to John Daly's stories in a minute? Yeah. Because I want to hear a bit more about your round of golf and Darren Clark. So, I rocked up and we teed off on the fifth hole, the, the par three down the hill, and it was a scramble. Straight out, to, uh, straight out text a scramble, scramble, whatever you're going to call it. And honestly, I don't think collectively, we, we had 16 birdies, <laughs> an eagle, and two pars. Ridiculous. And we didn't win. Around JCB, That's insane. a par 72, we shot a 55, and apparently someone came in with a 56, gross, <laughs> but had a, had a higher handicapper than us. They had a, a 10, um, they were, VJ Singh beat us. Oh, VJ. Of course he would. They had a 10 handicapper and two 16 handicappers. And Perfect they shot, formula. They shot 16 under gross. Mm, magic pencil special. I mean, VJ must have played very well. Yeah. They actually did say VJ played incredible. Well, question for you, just on that then, one thing I was really keen to understand, and I'm sure you're going to explain this to us, but obviously Darren Clark, I'm sure everyone listening obviously knows who Darren Clark is, absolute legend in the game, Nor Northern Irish golfer who won the Open Championship in 2011. He's 54 years old now, so he's playing the senior stuff. Genuinely, what was it like to play with him? How good is he still? I honestly felt like his ball striking with his irons was un. Incredible. Really? Incredible. He, he, you know, when you, we've obviously had time spent with good, good players. And one of the things that stands out to me more than anything in the world is the compression with irons. Mm. Like on par three, it just sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. They never, they never slightly thin it. They never fat it. It's always just that lovely ball and turf, these really nice ball flights. They always know their distances incredibly well. Mm. Like they never come up 10 yards short unless 
something really weird's happened. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They never, yeah. they never fly it 20 yards over the green. So really, all they're playing with is slightly rights and slightly left misses, but they're always pin high. They're always kind of in there. Uh, they can manage the ball flight brilliantly. His driving... And he'll admit it wasn't that he, he wasn't absolutely on his A game on, on when we played on Wednesday, but he, he chucked a GC quad down a couple of times and hit some hit some shots. And I was I kind of jumped back on the tee to have a look at his numbers, and he was still getting well into the one sixty plus ball speed, right. uh, two seventy two eighty carry distances. Um, but when I say bad shots, he didn't hit a bad shot. Mm. Like there wasn't a shot that we went oh because that was a bit rope it every shot was really good his putting was we had a format where um, he always putted last to be fair in our kind of group um sometimes my putting was on fire by the way guy. <laughs> like genuinely on fire so he didn't get chance to put a lot of the time no then. but when he did when we relied on him he delivered nice i was very just very very impressed really nice guy um yeah it's a shame we couldn't film it i would have loved to have filmed it i think last year's jcb championship playing with john daly i actually think that video I think that round of golf quite literally couldn't have been filmed mm. because of the uh, the language, maybe, let's said. But I think the Darren Clark one would have been really, really, really good. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really nice day. Always get very well looked after at JCB. Obviously, the championship was this weekend. Um, unfortunately, I, I stayed around for the morning of the Thursday, but kind of came back because we were doing some review content in the Hit Studio this on Thursday afternoon last week. Um Really, the infrastructure there just seems to be growing and growing each year. Mm. Like it feels like Great it's a event. busier event. I think a lot of fans and subscribers and followers went because I got loads of messages over the weekend saying he there, and I, unfortunately I wasn't. But it's great to see so many fo uh, so many people went down there. Um, My dad went every day. They did, they yeah, every it. day. Yeah, he did. I think as well. Like we said before, is that you get into these amazing golfers who are literally made winners of years gone by, not even that many years ago. At an amazing golf course nice kind of activations and nice food on site and it was cheap like if you're in that area definitely go and see it next year yeah it was really good and then uh peter baker won it in the end um he had six under par winning score six under par uh through 36 holes i think one of the rounds it was rained off the last round off, i think yeah it. so obviously there was, there was some uh challenging with the weather um but yeah pr pretty awesome and then that night so they had a it was another crazy night. So I got to sit and chat with loads of interesting people. Uh, one of them being Christina Kim. Nice. So Christina Kim played in the prom as well. She's a, she's a, a friend of JCB's and uh, she was there. She's dead chatty, really nice lady. I'd love to get her on a podcast mm. or a channel, definitely. And then later that evening, the, 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 um, this fluid like, was flowing. And uh, Rick left the building and in walked Ricky. Correct. Mm. Oh, quick one before that. So obviously the prize giving, gutted we came second, genuinely gutted and, you know, no hard feelings, but definitely feel like we should have won that. There was a there was a gong out on the driving range, right? Okay. At 150 yards. And I really wasn't going to embarrass myself because like I say, I've not been hitting it well. But feeling, <laughs> feel, to be honest, after the round of golf, feeling a little bit a little bit swaggy with myself, feeling like, you know, honestly, I did, I played, I text you mid-round, didn't I? I yep. said, I'm playing, and you didn't, none of you believe me. Really. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe the six or seven beers definitely helped. But even when I first started the round of golf, when I had no beers, honestly, I felt like I, I just different, wow. a different Rick Exciting. turned up. Mm. And then there was this gong, and they said, come on, Rick, have a go, have a go. I was like, I don't want to embarrass myself. So I hit this two iron. So I had to go, hit the two iron, and the very first shot, just missed a dong, but hit the gong, but hit the bit underneath it, the wooden bit. Right. I was like, that wasn't far off. Next one, a little bit left. Next one, a little bit right. Fourth shot, boom, bang on the gong. Well done. Just on it. 
And then that night we were sat by the fire, having a few Guinnesses. John Daly was there. Ooh. I think John Daly was the only tour pro that was still there. Okay, because they're all getting ready for the next day. They're all getting ready for the JCB Championship, as was John the, yeah, in his own special a, way. Correct. The guitar came out. Of course. Okay, Graham, who I played with, really, really talented young, uh, well, similar age to me, but really nice guy, played off plus two handicap. And then he, he, at night, he pulls out this guitar and uh, what are they called? Um, I know it's what you like mean. Squashed, oh, it? what's it called, Matt? Harmonica. Harmonica. I knew he'd know. So he's there with his guitar and his harmonica and everyone starts jamming and singing. Do you, want, do you want to see a bit of footage? I feel like I want to be Graham. I do. Yeah, I, I thought you did. Honestly. What was he drinking, Graham? Like something cool. Yeah. Like some sort of whiskey. He was, he was Scottish. He's a member of Archfield. Oh. <laughs> he's a member of Archfield. So, Has he got any jobs going? <laughs> so literally... Oh my days. This is this Graham on the harmonica or whatever you called it. So we'll put this in the video podcast if you want. And then you've John Daly on the guitar. Right, And then there's Rick's finger. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, wow. So you can actually hear me singing in the background if you listen closely. It's very... And then next thing... Yeah, literally, you won't believe what I did on Saturday. Go on. Went on Amazon and started looking at guitars. Oh my God. <laughs> Why do you do this? So I've actually ordered. You've not ordered a guitar. No, uh, the little one. A ukulele? Yeah. I'm going to learn how you, to do it. I, I, I bet you would. Oh, you won't. Right, okay. It was so cool. I really wanted yeah, to but be. They're not, you ordered a ukulele. Oh, here's Rick again with his ukulele. <laughs> yeah, but that's just practice. Okay. And then I'll get a guitar. Wow. And I'll learn how to sing. And then I'll become plus two like Graham. And did you have any um, beef with John Daly? No, so he was there on his own. All oh, right, okay, nice. So that helped the yep. matters, not getting into too political, but that helped with the matters. And we're we jamming and we're literally jamming. Sat, I was sat right next to him. Anyway, later on, it kind of, we're chatting away and I said, listen, you know, no hard feelings about last year, blah, blah, blah. I think and he went, a, who are you? <laughs> I think there was a bit of annoyance with the podcast that we did, but so be it. We only told the truth. And he said, listen, Rick, we just didn't know. Um, let, let's do some filming again soon. Wow. And then we started talking about bringing out a product together. Oh God. And I was like, oh, maybe not. What kind of product? We can't say on air. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's a market that I particularly want to get into. Was it blue? <laughs> It was very blue. Very blue, wow. So anyway, um, so um, me and John Daly, yeah, best thanks. buddies, he well, wants to film. I'd love to get a video with John Daly. Um, well, yeah, I think... He still know. rips it. I saw him at the Open this time and he still absolutely rips it. Yeah. I think you some, Well, I sometimes forget with these guys because they're getting a bit older now and stuff that for some part of me think, and this is ridiculous thing to say out loud, I'm going to say it, you kind of think, oh, I reckon I could beat them if I played well because they're old now. Absolutely no chance on earth. They're so good at golf still. Because they still hit it. As far as not further than us anyway. Oh, and yeah, and they've got the touch, the feel. But you know what's mad about just going back to Darren Clark for one minute, and this is something that, it's a stat that when you hear it, you go kind of go, oh, right, okay. And then you actually think about it. So when he won the Open, which was in 2011, it was his first major win after more than 20 years and 54 attempts. So imagine going to 54 major championships and then finally winning one. Like how long, literally 20 plus years, that is insane. When you think about that career and that grind to win one, no wonder it obviously meant so much to him, but that's mad, isn't it? I was thinking about that this, this weekend a little bit. I've seen a lot of things on social media at the, the Wyndham um, event at the PJ Tour, where you had obviously Justin, Tom, uh, uh, Justin Thomas fighting to get FedEx. Did you miss? <laughs> Nearly chipped on the last. That was yeah. pretty sick. Adam Scott. 
fighting to try and get in the playoffs. Which he missed. And then uh, Billy Horshaw, he was fighting to get in it and he actually got in. Yeah. It was interesting with Adam Scott. Because I started thinking, I don't know if you can pull it up very quickly. When was the last time he actually won? You might tell me now it's only two years ago. But I feel like he's always, and he's been around for, for 20 odd years. Maybe even slightly longer. So his last win um, was the Genesis in 2020. Oh, right, three, so it's three, but and before that on the D, on the on the uh, Europe again on the PGA tour it was 2016. So yeah, he doesn't win a great great deal. He's won deal. once in seven years. Uh, well, he won on the Astro- he won on the European tour, but right, yeah, okay. he doesn't doesn't win that much. But you're right, the amount of time he is up his there. name's up there all the time. Just got me thinking like. Someone like an Adam Scott who's been doing it for an awful long time now, and we we could have asked him in the podcast, really. What still lights the fire in his belly? Mm. Like, what is it that is it the wins? It, you know, obviously he's a major winner. He, that that he's got that kind of forever winning the Masters. It's like what what keeps that spark alive for someone? I mean, a great example of that is is Lucas Glover, mm. who actually won the Wyndham, yeah. after struggling with the yips and all sorts. He, he doesn't seem like he's done anything for ages. Now, I would love to say I've watched all the shots, and but I didn't. I didn't watch a great deal of golf this weekend for one reason or another, but obviously saw bits on social media. But, but it just got me question what continues to light the fire in the belly. Likewise, I don't know if anybody has been trying and practicing harder at the moment than Bryson DeChambeau. Mm. So there's loads of reports at the Open about him hitting, quite literally, thousands of golf balls on the range. He's been tweaking a lot of things. He seems like he's really... He's slimmer. Slimmed down a bit. Yeah, he seems like he's not been happy with his performances. Whether it's a last desperate charge to try and get into Ryder Cup, mm-hmm. which I think now he's probably solidified himself into the Ryder Cup after that performance over the weekend. Yeah. The last two rounds of golf that live... His average score was 59.5. He shot a 61 on Saturday and a 58 on Sunday. Insane. Round a golf course that, granted, it, at the par was fairly low at 70, but it was a long golf course. Was it 7,200 yards? I'm not sure on the length, but yeah, it was It was over 7,000 yards, par 70, and he shoots a 58. Yeah. I think, well, that's what we're going to come on to. That, that's a, obviously a huge talking point for, for many, many reasons. I think, firstly... It's nice to see Bryson playing good, good golf. No, not good golf, incredible golf. Like you said, he's the kind of golfer where he's obviously, he's, he's a bit of a scientist. He obviously went through this real journey of distance. He's got peculiar golf clubs, etc. And I feel like he's the kind of golfer when he's on, as we've just seen, he's unstoppable. But he can go off quite easily or for a long period of time. But what what for me, this this win and this, this 58 has really meant, we've discussed Liv many, many times and we'll always continue to discuss Liv because it's an interesting topic. I'm still not fully behind it. It still doesn't feel as proper as the PJ Tour for many, many reasons. But this 58 was different because, for example, I'm on Google now, and this might just be my computer, I don't know if it's a global thing or not, but I've gone on Google and just typed in golf, right? At the top, where there's the news articles, top three articles are all Bryson DeChambeau, obviously it's 58 at Liv, and then it comes on to obviously the PJ Tour, kind of below that. So for the first time in a long time, Liv is kind of top of the news, but for the right reasons for the golf, there's not so much, I'm sure you can obviously find it, but it's not all about how much he's won. It's about the fact he's shot 58 and he's won, obviously, the, the title. 
And you kind of think, is that a real moving point for Liv? It showcases that they have got, obviously, some of the best golfers in the world and some great golfers being played there. Or is it still a Mickey Mouse tour that no one cares about? <clears throat> I opened Instagram yesterday afternoon knowing that the, the golf was kind of finishing and seeing what was happening and hearing rumours that Bryson was doing well. I'd never seen so many traditional media and people who have potentially not been the biggest fans of Live, etc., sharing the Bryson DeChambeau story. Mm -hmm. It almost, to some degree, it almost gave them the license to share it because it was yeah. a story not about money. Mm -hmm. Like it was like, we have to celebrate this. Like we, we as, as news publications around the world, if we're not talking about this, we're not really doing our job anymore, are we? No. You know, when, when it comes to, yes, they, they, might, they might write different articles around the money or the, the ethics or whatever, the tournament. But when you've got a golfer going out there and quite literally shooting the absolute lights out, you know, 58. I mean, that's just ridiculous. You have, you have to share it and you have to mm -hmm. talk about it. And what I also found in the comments going down I loved it because it was more about the golf. And mm. this has always been my point about golf and live. And, and this last 12 months of, of golf or 18 months of golf, this is what's annoyed me, that the majority of the storylines is about money and not about the golf. Mm -hmm. And even for myself yesterday, I was like, yes, they're talking about golf. They're talking about the reason why people would want to watch or the reason why... Bryson DeChambeau or any other golfer should be celebrated because they are hyper-talented individuals who can still perform at the highest possible level. And, and they celebrated about that. And like you say, I saw much less headlines about how much he won yesterday. And I'm not even going to bring it up on this podcast because for me, it doesn't matter how much he won yesterday. It's the fact he went out and just shot the absolute lights out, dominated the performance. For me, as a golf fan me as a European that <laughs> doesn't want him in the team, but me as a golf fan, I want Bryson DeChambeau at the, at the Ryder Cup. Yeah. Like regardless of whether it's going to help or hinder uh, the Europe, I want to see Bryson DeChambeau at the Ryder Cup because he is one of those characters that elevates the sport for us. And if, if the Ryder Cup, um, you know, becomes, you know, as, as big as it always is, and hopefully it will do again this year, you need those characters in there. I mean, I'd, I'd chuck buddy Patrick Reading just for fun. Why not? Yeah. Shove all the shove all the the guys who who get the headlines and let's just have a, a crazy event like that. Question then for you, who won the team event yesterday in the live? It was Torquay. Talk. 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 Wow. Okay. So you did know minus forty nine. So I had no idea, personally, until I just checked. And I think that's again the thing with this team element that for me there's so much story and rightly so around the fifty eight. Does the team element still fit in I there? I think the only reason why the team element was so celebrated yesterday is because it was a ridiculous score. They shot 49 under par as a team. That's crazy. Um, now, but then the second was 46 and 40. So it still is, yeah, it's ridiculous. But I just, I struggle to find, for me, this is where I'm not quite in it again, where the team bit sits. Like, I'm not watching that 58 going, oh, and that's great because talk of one of Crushers came second. I'm looking at Bryson doing that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? No, but but we're so trained and programmed to think of individuals rather than teams. And I'm not saying that, that it's, it's just, I'm not saying, I totally agree with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I'm still not behind the team element. And I think a lot of people listening and watching won't be behind the team element. 
but we're so programmed. For me, as, as golf, it's an individual who goes out. I'll celebrate Bryson DeChambeau till the cows come home and shoot a 58. But I'm not really shouting about the, the minus 49 because it doesn't quite feel right just yet. Question then, again, we've just discussed this before, but I've got another case study that I think proves this. Is Liv, I think Liv now has got lost in between being innovative and being different with the fact it's got obviously team elements, it's only three rounds, it's shotgun start, they're trying to make it a bit cooler. But then at the same time, we're, we're dead chuffed that he shot 58, which is very traditional in golf. Have you watched any of this 100 cricket? No. So I, don't, I, I don't watch any cricket. Neither do I. I absolutely hate cricket. I know a lot of people listening and watching will love it. I find it slow. I find it boring. I don't really understand that. I obviously understand the concept of bowling and batting, but I don't understand all the different things, what it all means. Have you heard of the 100? Do they get 100 balls? Literally. So both teams, you've got, they've all got a bit... Because 2020 is 20 overs, isn't it? Yeah, so that's 120 balls. So yeah. it's supposed to be a way 100 is not that much difference. It's 100 balls. So you're one team, you're team Shields, I'm team Guy. Am I right in saying though, I have heard a little bit about this. Because overs aren't mattering, you could you could have one bowler for I don't know. 100 balls. See, I'm not that clued. I don't think so. I'm not that clued up on it. I don't know. But I've watched it a few times. And basically, obviously, your team gets 100 balls, you bat, and you get how many runs. My team then comes on and I get 100 balls. I'm trying to try and beat your score. Now, again, as you can tell by the way I'm talking, I know nothing about cricket, but I've watched it a few times recently when it's been on and I've put it on. It's been the second team batting. So it'll say on the left side of the screen, they did 112 runs to, to win and they've got how many balls left. And it's so simple. It's so quick. And they have like, when the, the wicket gets hit, they have all lights on the wickets. And honestly, they get to a point where there's like, let's say they might need 15 runs off 20 balls. They're just trying to smack it You're as hard as You're on the edge of your seat. But they also have to smack it as hard exactly. as they can. Exactly. And, and what I'm trying to get to is I don't know if I'll ever become a cricket fan because like, I'm not really into cricket. But honest to God, watching that, I get quite like hooked. I don't know who the players are. I don't know much about it. The, the colours of the teams are quite fancy. They're all sponsored by crisps randomly. Um, <laughs> like hula hoops and stuff. But see, there's all like fire and stuff. And it, honestly, it, it feels to me so different to traditional like test cricket. Whereas that could have been where Liv is. It yeah. could have been still golf, but in a totally different way. And I don't think it's taken that far enough of a step to do that, really. It still feels like it's kind of like golf, but just not quite the same. I think for some sense, they probably had to keep it still like golf to really convince these other these golfers yeah, to come over. possibly. Because otherwise, if it, if it was literally right, our plan is you get 100 golf shots and you've <laughs> got to see how many how many holes you can complete. Yeah, I don't know. But they could have maybe done something that was more faster paced and more innovative and experimental than what they have potentially. Yeah, I agree. But is this a turning point for Liv then, do you think? The fact that they've obviously showcased some <clears> amazing <throat> golf and you could argue, not even, I think you win the argument, that that is the best golf on show this weekend yes. on the Liv Tour. I would, I would say it's, I don't know about how much it, it enhances Liv. I would say it's really enhanced Bryson DeChambeau again. Mm more than it has the actual the league of Liv. Yeah. Like, for me, I'm seeing, there's a couple of standout players from Liv this year who have really kind of taken the the potential criticism and turned it into positives, and that's Brooks Kepka and Bryson, mm. haven't they? They've, they've still yeah. heavily competed and, and done well. And, and I know, obviously, Bryson, obviously, he's not won a major this year as such, but... When you see him at the Open, you think he's still got a chance, better chance than anyone else. Probably still, I would throw in maybe still even Cam Smith into that mix. Mm -hmm, yeah, There's a few golfers to me, like 
am I seeing Dustin Johnson turn up the open now and still thinking Dustin Johnson's got as good a chance as anyone else? I don't know. But is that that's just form as opposed to the fact that he's joined might, Liv, it or might, is it? That's what I'm saying. It's more. It's more. You know, when I talk about before about Adam Scott and what continues the fire in the belly. Some of these live players, what what actually continues the fire in the belly? You know, they're all yeah. what, what what keeps. And I've seen it because when I went to live, and and I'm going to use an example here, but even though I'm going to I'm going to argue my, my myself here, for me when I look at someone like a Lee Westwood, mm-hmm. okay, what keeps the fire in his belly? Like what what makes him practice and train and whatever. Now, what I'm, I'm saying that in one sentence, but also after the round of golf when I went to live at London that Friday, after all the golf had been finished, 90% of the golfers had left, there was one man still on the driving range, and that was Lee Westwood. Mm-hmm. So the fire is there, but what I'm trying to get at is what what keeps that fire burning for, for the guys who are, I don't know, that, that are kind of, they're already set for life. I, I they, they, you- they've already committed to not particularly playing in the majors anymore. Yeah. Would you say that seems like a Some commitment coming from from a handful of the guys this year? What what keeps that drive? Is it is it is it the bit that we don't see? Is it the team? Because I'd say the Majestics team is the team that it feels the most like a team. Mm-hmm. I think the answer is simply competitiveness. Because what we're doing here, which I understand, and I, I you know you think this is I think this is that like I'm just googling something while I'm trying to say this point. Um, is that but for now, for potentially even a Bryson or for any of these guys that are that wealthy, what's the point in playing golf? They've lost that competitive spirit. But if you look at how much any of the PJ Tour golfers are worth, and then you start to look at the serious PJ Tour golfers, they're worth so much money that you could then argue, why do they bother playing? They're set for life. It says here online, now, I don't know how accurate this is, that Rory is valued at around 200 million, right? If Rory is valued at 200 million, why bother still playing? Well, he's made 72 million on-course earnings. And the rest is obviously from sponsorship. Yeah, so why does he bother? He could he's, argue. He's, because I feel like he's still putting his hat in for majors. He's still putting his hat in for most wins. He still wants to be a Ryder Cup captain. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? There's still things to, to, to but do you not think, aim for. Yeah, true. But I suppose if you're a competitive guy, which all these guys are, it's how they've got to the highest level. You don't get a PJ Tour card or whatever for not being competitive. Although, yeah, there's only... 48 guys are in the, in, in the roster now or whatever there is. They still want to win. Yeah. I can't imagine, I might be wrong. Maybe there's a couple of guys who are the older guys who aren't bothered. But I can't imagine DJ's happy going and getting beat by Taylor Gooch and Cam Smith True. and Brooks. But, but even, and again, I'm, I'm not even just specifically, I'm using examples of people or, or individuals or anyone that I'm, like what's kept, what's kept Lucas Glover going? What's kept Adam Scott going? What keeps Lee Westwood going? Even when I look at the seniors, like when you look at the seniors there, I was chatting to Darren on the way around. His schedule this year is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how much golf he's playing competitive golf. Like, I don't know. I just I think it is just that. That's though. what I mean. It might just, it because might just be that fact that they've lived all their life as competitive athletes. You know what I think we do a lot? as golfers and as fans, you look at people who are famous on the PGA Tour, okay, again, that's usually Rory or Ernie Ells, if we look at the older kind of generation. And because we've only ever known them or seen them when they've been famous and successful, even coming up as an amateur, elite amateur, you almost think that that's just their life and that's all they've ever done. But like Rory came from a very kind of humble and normal kind of family and, you know, would have spent hours and hours and hours at the range, in the rain, practicing when it was cold, when he, you know, he could have been at home on his PlayStation or whatever, and he chose to be at the range hitting balls. 
And that level of dedication is what then gets them to the top. If you then get to the top and go, oh, I'm quite comfortable, very, very quickly you fall off and you're yeah. not at the top any longer. So all the guys who you mentioned who are household names in this sport have to have that hunger in their belly. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. But, but what I'm saying, I get it from like a world number one mm-hmm. or, or a top five player, a top 10 player in the world. It's all of the of the other players that maybe not. Like, for example, for us, obviously, we're super competitive yeah. in, in business, in YouTube, in Facebook, in hit channel, in podcasts. Like, because we we feel like we're the the continuing to, to innovate and mm-hmm. push the boundaries and get to the next level. It's like when you're not at that point, surely the motivation must but die I still off. think it's always there because someone like a Lucas Glover will be teeing up every week either thinking, I'm good enough to be winning this, so therefore he then wins it, or he has to be thinking that to even stay relevant. Or they've got other goals. It's like, I want to make sure that I keep my card this year. I'm not letting Joe Bloggs over there keep his card and not me because I'm better than him. I think it always comes down to competitiveness. Not everyone wants to, well, not everyone thinks he can be world number one. Some guys will think that who are miles off. You know, Ian Poulter, he got to where he got to. And you could argue from somewhat being delusional, but that kept him driven. Other guys might be wanting to beat the the mate or, you know, they grew up at college with another guy. I'm better than him. If he's won once on PE Tour, I can go and win. So I think everything at this level comes down to competitiveness, but maybe they're not all competing for the majors or for world number one. They've got different goals. Because you could argue... They might be competing to live a lifestyle that they've led for the last 10 years. You could argue, I know it sounds a bit silly, but we're, you know, we obsess what we mean number one in the golf YouTube space. You could argue, why does everybody else do, do it? But everybody who makes YouTube videos might be getting, trying to get a silver plaque at 100, 100k subscribers or overtake another channel that they think they're better than or want to make it a full-time living so they can quit the job. So I think all these guys that are playing golf competitively have to have a real reason why they're doing it. Because if it wasn't there, that fire in the belly went, they'd just fall out the rankings. Yeah, and, I, and I'm, I'm not for one minute saying... YouTubers, etc., shouldn't be no, dri- driven not. to try and continue. Obviously, you're that, asking what is that driving these players? I just find it. I find it very, very interesting. And like I say, it might just be a case by case basis. I think also golf is very different to other sports. Like football, you end up needing to retire because you're just not good enough anymore. Mm-hmm. But also, you see a lot of players, footballers, struggle with their emotions and the mental health and all that things because they've got nothing to play for yeah. after that. And that's why some of them move into punditry or management or whatever, because they've got to keep that. They've got to keep active. I would say that most golfers, and I use amateur golfers within this, have a level of delusion. And I think, I mean, I'm 100% included in this because I know what I have shot before or how good I can hit it. I think I somewhat expect to do that. So in my head, I think I should be shooting level par. Very, 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 very rarely, if ever, a handful of times do I do that but I have. And I think that level of delusion can be detrimental, but it can also motivate you and push you to go on and do things. And I think a lot of these guys who tee up in a bit, you can't be telling me that the world number 300 who qualifies for the Open via local qualifying and final qualifying or whatever thinks he can win the Open. But sometimes these guys do okay. And it's that level of almost borderline delusion, I think, that helps you. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think there was um, the video from uh, Fried Eggs Golf. Yes. Uh, If you've not, watched it please watch it fried eggs golf randy smith is, is one i think he's one of the most talented youtube creators on the he on deserves the 10 times the views that he yes. gets 10 times subscribers 10 times the views he's been doing it for a long time i very first saw him in 2014 making um rap videos about mm-hmm. the ping g30 
driver. Let's talk niches. <laughs> <laughs> Had the turbulators, uh, uh, the G G twenty five. Is it J J the no. Ping G thirty got turbulators? Was it thirty? Yeah. Anyway, G even maybe. He brought a new music video out. And uh, there's a little cameo in there of, of myself, but basically it's it's summarizing exactly what you've just said. It's the story of a golfer who used to be scratch and now he's not a scratch, and he and he he feels like you know it's what's the point and it's, it's gone and this that and the other, and just one magical shot, yeah, one good round of golf, one just perfect strike makes you think that you're the best player in the world again. Well, yes, and I'm going to cover two topics here in one topic. We're doing this monthly run. So we're trying to do 100 kilometres running in the month of August. Please feel free to take part if you're listening. There's three challenges. There's a par, 50 kilometres, a birdie, 75 kilometres, or a, an eagle, which is 100 kilometres, or do more if you're a psychopath. You're currently beating me. You've done a big run this morning, which is a bit naughty, have you? I'm on 15 and a bit K, not done a great deal. You're now on 17.1. Yeah, so we did a 12K this morning just to beat me for this podcast. Don't worry, I will go home <laughs> and do some more tonight. I literally woke up. So last night I looked and I was like, we're doing the podcast tomorrow. I'd, I'd only done a 5K run. Yeah. And and you'd done a 16, you were up to 16.1 or whatever. And I was like, I can't face it tomorrow if I literally turn up there and think I can't win this. <laughs> so I got up this morning, I forced myself to get up. I really didn't want to. Luckily, it was a beautiful day. I planned to do 10K. Yeah. I got lost. Mm. I ended up doing 12K. Wasn't fast, but I got it done. But- what I don't believe, though, if you'd only did the 10K, I still would have been beating you. I'd, I would have done 10.7. Right, okay, so you would have made sure you beat me, yeah. The okay. plan was to do 10.7, but <laughs> I did get lost, ended up doing 12, dying, 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 but I got it done. No, great. I'm just, I'm fearful for your retaliation. I will, no, I'm going to do a lot, but uh, it's been great, <laughs> it's been great to see how many people are joining in, uh, and if it's walking up, it's running, you want to get a bit fitter this month, it's definitely spurred me on. I said, I've not done as many yet as I'd like to, but I will, I can confirm now I'll be doing the 100K, if not more. I've got, just a quick one on the running. Yeah. Do you do the kind of slight awkward thing when you run past another runner? A little bit of a nod. A little nod and like a, a smile without teeth. Like, a, yeah. we're doing this. Yeah. I like it sometimes. Yeah, I, do. I, I like the little like, I get, there's a, a, a few guys I've seen where they'll like give you like a thumb up. Be like, I needed that. Thank yeah, you. Thanks, mate. This morning, however, I'm running past a guy running the other way, kind of both listening to whatever, smiling, this, and other. He runs about five yards past me, turns around and shouts, Rick! I turn around, turn around. He said, got, gets it like flapping for his phone, flapping for his phone. He goes, listen to your podcast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I want to be doing it again right now. He sees you again right now. So he was listening <laughs> to insane. the podcast this morning. I don't think, oh, I couldn't tell what episode it was. And I was like, oh, nice, mate. He went, yeah, yeah, see you later. And it was like, that's class. So he was literally listening to the podcast as he ran the past me. People running right now, just as we're doing this podcast, give a quick motivational. Word of encouragement to people. Um, Quit, it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's a good motivational thing? Keep going. For me, you know, I, I really try and take my mind off anything but running. So when I'm running, I'm trying to think of anything but running. And you know, if you try and think of anything but something, you think of that thing. Because if I said you don't think of a pink elephant, you're not thinking of a pink elephant. No, I thought of purple alligator. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, but what I'll, the reason I talked about the running was twofold. First, to announce again to people to join if they want to. But secondly, and last thing on this, we're talking about golf and, and our... Uh, expectations. When I did my first 5k back the other day, first running like a month or two, it was terrible. I didn't expect to run it either at the same speed as I normally would, or even if I did achieve that speed to be as comfortable as I normally am. And that was the case. I ran it a little bit slower and it really, really hurt. And I expected that and that was fine. 
But with golf, how often do we go out and expect? We, we always expect to do what we've done before. Yeah. Like I never go out and go, oh, I've not played for three or four weeks. Well, I'll be happy breaking 90. Like you never think that. No, never. But yeah, golf is... sometimes you can actually not play. That's the thing with golf though. You can have a massive gap and come back and flush it. Yeah. Is it great? You can. It happens. Going back though to very... I'm such, <laughs> I feel like such a hypocrite in this video, in this podcast. And, and when I'm talking about what is the fire in the belly, I'm not when I'm talking about these players and this side of that, it's not for me saying, what, what is it? I'm just, I'm fascinated to understand each individual's. I've completely contradicted myself because why did I get up this morning and run 12K when so, I to, absolutely To beat didn't me in a to. stupid race that when means I nothing. absolutely didn't want Correct. to. Like I could have done anything else but run this morning, but I couldn't face not beating you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and imagine that, sat with 48 other guys and live tent or whatever, having, having your lunch before a practice round or whatever it might be. Yeah, you're all multi, multi-millionaires and you're all wedged. You've all got fancy Rolex and fly private jet, but that's all you're all equal again then. We're all minted. So I want to beat you on the golf course today. I think I mean, it's even like Darren Clark, like we, Darren Clark was gutted we came second. Mm. Like it's like, I really, we should have won that today. A man that is complacent coming second would never make it on the PJ Tour. So, um, yeah, Mickey Mouse trophy. Get out of place. First loser, (laughs) if you ask me. Um, So we have asked for a change for questions on Instagram. We thought, you know what? Let's get down with the kids a bit. We're always on Facebook asking for questions week in, week out. Well, Facebook, you've had your time. Um, So we went a bit younger. Um, So let's see if we get more spicy and more relevant. Rick, what's your favourite TikTok dance? Uh, No, I'm joking. So this is a question actually from a guy we know, Jake Lawrenson. I've got several. Hi, Jake. Um, who helps provide these lovely cameras in this room. Helen Swice getting his question asked. But no, he said, what brands outside of golf would you love to see move into golf? Clothes, tech, or clubs? I would love Apple to Ooh. move into golf. What would they make? The iClub. The iClub, okay. And it's, it's <laughs> I think there's a market for, for a iClub. golf club <laughs> yeah. that is so intelligent that it can learn everything about you. Almost like a fitting club. Okay. You take it out or even a full set of clubs, you take them out and after three or four rounds of golf, it spews out all the information and tells you everything that you need to know about everything. How long you should have your clubs, the lie, what direction you end up missing in, how could you add more distance, where could you evaluate your game. Plug AI into that and boom, it comes out with a perfect recipe. You know what this reminds me of a little bit? When I was like in year two at school and I got asked to do something about golf because like, that was my favourite sport. This is what I'd have done. So I want a golf club does everything for me. <laughs> well done, guy. Five house points. Thank you. Yeah, Apple. I think Apple will be pretty good. No, yeah, I agree. I'd love to see. It's a silly one. But I'd love to see Nike back in the hardware. I think Nike clubs, yes, they were always the best, but there was something exciting about Nike clubs. I know I'm a bit biased in saying that, but I'd love Nike to come back, but I don't think that's ever going to be the case. I think Rick Shields golf clubs. Yeah, maybe. They have to be on set so that you can't hook it. <laughs> I don't hook it anymore. Um, another question then. So the only problem is these questions, because they're done via Instagram, if people's usernames, which often isn't the real name, um, but I can still ask them. So this one is ASMGC or CG92. If you could only play one golf course for the rest of your life, what would it be? Now this, I, I, well, it be whatever you want it to be, but be realistic in saying this. Isn't that ASM like that? ASMR. <sighs> Um, one golf course I could play for the rest of my life and I wouldn't get bored Augusta National (laughs) (laughs) it could be I don't think I'd ever get bored around Augusta National Um, one course I could play the rest of my life and I wouldn't be bored no it's not was it 
You wouldn't be bored. I don't know if you. Yeah, but if you're going to play the one golf course for the rest of your life, you've got to pick one that you're not going to be bored at, haven't you? Yeah, true. You've kind of got to pick one that's dry all year round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Challenging, but not dead hard. That wasn't a trumpet, was that thing? Listen. All right. Um, like, for example, I wouldn't, I've really grown to love Royal Liverpool, but I wouldn't want to play that every day because it beats you up too often. Yeah, but it's not about playing there every day. It's about that's the only course you play. It's not like but, every day you have to play it there. You know where I'd probably go Hillside? Oh, no, Wallasey. I'm surprised you didn't say Wallasey straight Wallacey. away. I thought Wallasey was your easy pick. I was trying to get a but Wallasey, so. I thought Wallasey was your easy pick. No, Wallasey. Um, no, because I played it last Friday and I got beaten up by the place, good and proper. You played on Friday? Uh, whenever it was, last Tuesday. Oh, right, yeah, sorry, the video. I got beaten up, good and proper, the video's going to be coming anyway, out Anyway, you've got five seconds to answer. Um, Mario was a pack. Nice. <laughs> um, from Sam Robbo, how often do you recommend changing your irons? I don't feel like you need to. I've got friends who who are very, very good players who have got irons that are super old. I think the the thing is, as long as you're keeping on check of the, the quality of the grip, don't let your grips mm-hmm. get dead tatty. You maybe have a, a, an occasional loft and lie check just in case your eight iron ends up becoming four degrees stronger and your nine iron becomes four degrees weaker and then suddenly you're messing up your yardages. Until you've literally well, worn the grooves out, that's the only real time you need to change clubs. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. You, you can literally have a set of irons in particular that are so old. I think the only good thing for changing clubs more often than, than you probably should do is that it can actually make you want to practice more, which in turn makes you better at golf. But it's yeah. not the clubs that are doing that. It's no. your excitement to go and try and hit more balls. But I also think you're pretty cool if you've got a dead old set of clubs. Yeah. Aren't you? But not a whole, like, all the way through or like something in particular. Like- yeah, maybe you might have a brand new like, Paradigm driver. Yeah. So yeah. Because you want to keep you want to keep on top of the technology of distance, etc. Yeah. But you've got some dead quirky irons and a dead old putter that's been handed down for yes. generations. Like yes. that's what you that's what you want. I love it when you see someone at the range or something who's got like a set of clubs that were class in like 2005. Yeah. And they've obviously stopped playing for a long time. They've got like an, an R7 quad driver, yeah. some DCI tightest irons, etc. Hundred percent. Um, speaking of clubs, though, we have got some really exciting um, club reviews coming on the Hit Channel. Yes, that place is up and running, and it's in full swing, firing on all cylinders. So right, it's now. actually got an extra cylinder. Okay, it was the, all of them were running out, so I've got an extra one in. Um, but no, it, it's exciting. Some exciting clubs coming as well. Yeah, really good. I'm. I'm it, it's we've got some ideas as well that would have been. I'm very inquisitive video ideas that wouldn't have quite made it onto the main channel for one reason or another can now have a place to flourish on mm. the hit channel. People, Thank, yeah. Yeah, honestly, the support has been incredible. Thank you so much. It's so nice to see that so many people are, are interested in club reviews and what I have to say about them and just the technology. And, and I feel like we're going to get better and better and better in that room at reviewing product. Correct. Um, this is a question from one Tom Moore. Biggest difference between a 10 handicap and a 20 handicap? Don't say 10 shots. <laughs> Uh, 10 and 20 feels like quite a big gap. Well, this is one of those ones where, have you ever seen the stats on, you see on like Twitter from stuff from like Arcos? It'll end, I don't know this for a fact, but it's a bit of a guess. It won't be something to do with like how many pars or birdies they'll make. No. It'll be much more to do with mistakes. It definitely won't be as about how many birdies they make. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be the limit of double bogeys Correct. and triple bogeys. Um, I'm trying to think now, 10 handicapper and 20 handicapper. I mean, consistency is an easy answer, definitely. I, I would say, 
they probably, I would say a 10 handicapper will hit more greens in regulation. Mm. And that in turn probably means they hit the driver slightly better to allow themselves to hit more greens. But that's, pro- for me, that's probably about it. As often as well, I would say, and you, you'll know this more than I do from coaching, but probably a bit more like knowing the basics, do the basics quite well. Having a simple shot that gets you out of a bunker, let's yeah. just say, and knowing how to do a nice chip and run shot with a nine iron. Because those are shots that when you see like a 20 handicapper getting a bunker, often it's like two to get out. Correct. And it's like, that sounds obvious, but that one shot that you could save over 18 holes or over a season makes a big difference. I, I would say a, a 10 handicapper's toolbox of, of club choices is much more prolific like mm. they've got many more options of playing a high one a low one a, a floppy bunker shot you know where a 20 handicapper just kind of maybe doesn't have as many skill sets do you think that goes too much though where that toolbox almost gets too full and oh, people 100%. start doing too but like once you learn how to do a lob shot you start doing it from everywhere <laughs> yeah yeah that's definitely. Like me as a junior it's being clever with what tool you use at what time like definitely. that's one thing I, i'd say you notice again more with like tour pros that actually they can play obviously lob shots and every shot you can think of but those shots that they play are so much more kind of conservative and measured. And it's only really when you see these fancy ones, the big lobbers or whatever, when they have to use yeah. it. So rare. They'll, they'll, they'll play majority of the time the sensible golf shot. Correct. Um, this is a good question from Liam2708. When is Bob Does Sports coming over? This month. Wow. The month of August. Stay tuned. It's going to be pretty epic. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. A lot of people are asking, what do you think of uh, Bryson's 58? So in a one word answer, what do you think of his 58? Phenomenal. There you go. Uh, another question from O'Shea Dara, I think it says, how good can Alex Fitzpatrick be after his challenge tour win yesterday? I know. It's quite mad at the moment, isn't it? He's, mm. He's really trended nicely. He, really he did is. very well in the open. I think he did pretty well the week after the open. I can't quite remember fully now. And then he won at the Challenge Tour at St. Melian uh, down in Cornwall this weekend. Um, incredible victory. It feels like he is the full package. It was there was always a lot of rumours a few years ago when Matt, Matt was breaking through and hitting the scene. It feels like Matt's been around for, forever now. But there's always this rumour, oh yeah, but his younger brother's mm. better. Yeah. And you always hear that, don't you? Yeah. You can hear that from footballers. Paul Scholes wasn't even the best in his team. It was Johnny Miller and he broke his leg. He's a golfer, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Little Johnny Miller. Yeah. And you, yeah, 100%. You, you, get, you get these stories that, yeah, even though Matt Fitzpatrick, major winner now, Ryder Cup, you know, and all this. It's... Go on, sorry. But his little brother's better. Well, it's like that lad, um, Andy Carter, the YouTuber. He was always better than Rick Shields, more natural, more talented, more charisma. But didn't see it through, did he, when he was at, at Trafford? <laughs> Andy will like that one. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's it's he's showing, yeah, he might be it. He might be the full package. Well, you know what opened... So, yeah, Alex, for those not list, for those listening but don't know, because um, if those not listening, <laughs> if you're not listening, F you, uh, but if you are listening, hi. Um what is mad? So Alex, obviously, like I said, Matt's younger brother. He had a great finish at the Open. He came tied 17th. And this just shows the levels of golf and how different it can be on different tours. So for coming tied 17th, and this is in Euros, I may add, at the Open, Alex won 168,000 Euros. For the Open, tied 17th. 17th, right? For winning on the Challenge Tour, which is the one below the DP World Tour, he got 42,000 Euros. For winning it. Yeah. So not to be sniffed at, admittedly, but it's quick maths, a quarter for winning an event than what it can for 17 at the Open. And that just goes to show that, like, you know, winning a Challenge Tour event is incredible and the standard's so, so good. But those guys that play on that tour, the ones that aren't winning, that are just kind of doing top tens or whatever, 
It's a tough life. It well, really, really is. Well, Ryan Ruffles, who is friend of the channel, has been yeah. on a couple of times, and actually, happy to say, he's actually coming up uh, this afternoon. We were hoping to get him on today's podcast, but unfortunately, his train doesn't arrive till too late. He yesterday, um, and it genuinely, he's one of the most talented golfers that I've had the pleasure of playing with, filming with. He came tied twenty fifth in that event that Alex won yesterday. Yeah, and no questions asked. Ryan is one of the most talented golfers well, I've ever seen. Just on that, this is public now. He got 2,300 euro, 2, euros finishing 25th, right? When you think about that and you've got to pay obviously your tax and pay your caddy and obviously the week away, it's such a grind for these oh, guys. I mean, and, that, and that disappears so quickly. Oh, it's, it's incredible. It's huge kudos to these guys that play on those tours and that work their way up because it's, it's not always glamorous. And that's why, again, going back to that original point before of like that competitiveness, if you're the kind of guy who can go onto those tours and when when there's literally no money, some of them don't have any money at all, and they're literally playing to put food on the table. I don't think that those guys are then going to be successful on the tour. I don't think money can change them. They have to still have that hunger, and I think they do. Um, yeah. Oh, another question then we've not discussed on yet from the golf stylist. Thoughts on Bryson's new driver? So he was using a crank driver, which are more known for kind of long drive mm. scene this week. I don't know much about it. I've kind of missed that boat a little bit, but did you see much on it? No, but we have been in contact with crank to get some drivers so we can review him in the Hitch studio. Um, it feels bizarre. It feels strange that he is using a driver from a long drive, mm. you know, specialities really. From what I understand, they have four face thicknesses. Right. I've got to have a funny feeling that one of them's got to be borderline illegal for competition use. I don't mm. really know if that is the truth. And I'm not definitely not saying that's the one that Bryson used. He'll be one that's using for, that is comp uh, legal for competitive use. Um, very V-shaped, mm. like maybe that's for aerodynamics, whatever. I don't know enough about the drivers yet, but we're trying to get hold of them as quick as we can to review them, to get the video out as soon as we can in the next few weeks. Isn't it funny though, and rightly so, that driver's getting some some interest and some intrigue now, but when a, a touring professional has the round of the life or the week of the life, which they've worked 20-odd years plus to do, we actually focus on the clubs that we're using. Yeah. It's like no one really thinks about the hours and the grind and the effort they put in. It's like, oh, use that driver. And naturally, as golfers, we'll also have to look at that online and go, oh, they're only 300 quid. Yeah. Oh, should I get one of them? Well, I even, I'm thinking, I tell you what, if I had 10 miles per hour ball speed, I'm definitely getting, mm. I'm definitely using it. Not a problem now. Because he's almost like, he's almost solidified the, the authenticity of it. Correct. I think that's the thing. I, I tell you what, I'm loving seeing as well now, a bit equipment nerdy but how many guys are using mixed bags? Because yeah. obviously sponsorship for golf clubs isn't quite as big as it maybe it once was. Certainly live guys who've maybe lost sponsors or don't feel they need sponsors anymore and they want to use a mixture. It really just starts to show you what the guys genuinely believe is the best. Mm. You, you must admit when you look, a lot of guys use Pro V1. Yeah. Bryson's gone to Pro V1, left ash, well, yeah, X left ash, nearly hit you. He was always Bridgestone. And it, it sometimes makes me think like, Oh, I'm a bit gutted in a way and it sounds naive and silly that you'd see these guys and yes, you know, they're getting paid a fortune to use products. When they end partnership deals and straight away moving to other stuff, it kind of makes you think, yeah, they're only using that because they got yeah, paid. of course. But, yeah, it's, it is frustrating, isn't it? Really? A little bit. Like we know that's the case, but I remember obviously when, when Rory and Nike, obviously, well, Nike's not making clubs. I'm sure Rory went to a full Callaway set for a while. He did. And then obviously they must have come up with the right offer and then jumped into TaylorMade. And I'm convinced if, if Rory and TaylorMade parted ways, he'd be into a Pro V1 like that. Yeah. Ping uh, G430 LS Tech is doing crazy. Really good. And TS, that's how it's TSR3. I think they're the two drivers that if people aren't sponsored and navigating towards. Yeah, it's, it's very 
it's very, very interesting. Like I say, you really start to see what clubs that the players actually love using and what they can just ditch straight away. That's the thing. I think it looks glamorous when people are sponsored and have full bags of stuff. It does look quite cool sometimes, but it is nice just to put in whatever you genuinely think is best at whenever you think it is the best. Because Bryson has got a real mixed bag now, and he's Well, he had a tailor-made stealth, yeah. and he had a backup ping G430 LS tech, <laughs> then he had a crank. I think he's got ping irons. I'm not sure what else, but... Well, when he was over for the Open, mm-hmm. a little birdie told me, but it, the little birdie owned the golf store that he went to. He actually went for a full custom fitting, wow. not at a tour truck, at a facility not far from here. Oh, right. And he got all of his shafts pured. He got everything done. And uh, that was the week of the Open. Wow. So he, he pretty much changed all of his clubs. And he's still in one length, I take it. I don't actually know at the moment. That's something as well. I wonder if um, now he obviously has moved away from Cobra. I can't imagine they're going to continue to sell one length set of irons. No. It wasn't something they had a great market share in, but it was kind of the USP that they did because Bryson used them and they thought it was a good thing to offer, which I don't disagree with. But surely they're not going to pursue with that now that he's left. And that'd be quite interesting. Last thing while I touched on golf clubs then before we wrap this one up, there's been sightings in the wild of Kirkland, Costco Zone, Drivers, and hollow-headed irons. Driver looks like a tight list. Mm-hmm. Hollow-headed irons look like tailor-made. Yeah. I'm intrigued. I think the one, the thing is for me, it's well with the golf ball, to be fair. The golf balls are decent, the gloves and stuff are decent, the wedges were fine. I think driver is a big yeah. club to try and enter the market So with. far, everything I've tested, putter was okay. Yeah. Wedges were good. Yeah. Ball is good, good. Yeah. Really, like, excellent, to be honest. Yeah, driver. Because... When you think about Kirkland clubs, I feel like, I might be wrong in saying this, but they're the kind of clubs that people buy. Let's say you are a golfer. You've got old Vokies from six, seven, eight years ago. They've worn out. You play at a weekend. You don't want to spend a fortune. You go, you know what? Them, them Kirkland are quite good. I'll, I'll buy them three. And you put them in the bag. I can't imagine somebody going from an, an eight-year-old tailor-made driver to a Kirkland driver. And it's probably too expensive for people who are new to golf to necessarily go and buy it. They don't know the price point yet, but it will be. It's going to be at least 200 quid, I'd imagine, if not a bit more. So who's going to use it? Interesting, isn't it? And I feel like, I mean, it's coming, I feel like it's starting to bleed over here into the UK. I feel like US respects Kirkland Signature much bigger than what we do. Yeah. Just as Kirkland Signature as a brand of mm-hmm. Costco, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously they make everything yeah. at Costco, all the, the water. waters and all, all this other. I wouldn't have known that. I wouldn't have known about Kirkland Signature until they got into the world of golf. Mm. So I, would, I would have just gone... I don't know. I, yeah. I wouldn't even known that Curl and Signature and Costco were connected. Yeah, but it's like I said, the driver's a funny one for me. And, and the irons, it'd be interesting. To, I mean, if they are really good and they're obviously much, much cheaper than the big dogs, they've earned that trust now. I think people mm. wouldn't take a punt on them, but obviously there'll be no fitting, etc. You won't get to try them before you buy them, which again, for a driver's a bit more risky. Yeah, it is. All the graphite in the shaft be like, will the grips be any good? There's lots to answer. And you will get the most unbiased and trustworthy re- review on either Rick Shields Golf or Hit, wherever we decide to put it. Wherever they decide to put it. You'll find it. Guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed that podcast. Uh, I'm going to put my second place trophy up on my shelf of second places. And I'm one first place. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And target for your running total by next week. Um, I'm on 15K now. Uh, 50K. <laughs> I'll do it. This time next week, I'll be sat on 50K. Mark my words. You'll be crawling in. If you get 50K. to 50K. 50K. I'm not going to get to 50K. I'm 17 now. I'll do another... Uh, actually, to hit 100, we should be doing 25 a week. I know, don't remind me. Bit off ball, we can cheer off me. <laughs>
<laughs> thanks for listening thanks for watching everybody enjoy yourself and see you soon small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 